0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1045. No, you can't make a person change. Part 2, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. Hello, everybody. I am your host and narrator, Greg Audino. And like I said, I am here with you today, ready to finish up a post we began yesterday. Our featured author, Mark Manson, is a really talented guy. So do be sure to go check out part one so you can really take in all of his information and follow sequentially. But if you're caught up, then let's get right to it. We're going to hear more insight as to why you can't make a person change, what to do instead, and continue optimizing your life. No, You Can't Make a Person Change, part two, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. I don't get to decide what's right for you. I don't get to decide what makes you a better person. And even if I did decide, the fact that I told you to do it rather than you doing it for yourself robs you of most of the emotional benefits. The people who tend to populate the self help world are there because they have a chronic inability to take responsibility for their choices. It's full of people who have floated through life looking for someone else, some authority figure or organization or set of principles. To tell them exactly what to think, what to do, what to care about. But the problem is, every value system eventually fails. Every definition of success eventually turns up badly. And if you're dependent on someone else's values, then you're going to feel lost and identityless from the start. So if someone like me stands on stage and tells you that for half your life savings, I will take responsibility for your life and tell you exactly what to do and what to value, Not only am I merely perpetuating your original problem, but I'm making a killing while doing it. People who have survived trauma, who have been abandoned or shamed or felt lost, they've survived that pain by latching onto worldviews that promise them hope. But until they learn to generate that hope for themselves, to choose their own values, to take responsibility for their own experiences, nothing will truly heal. And for someone to intervene and say, Here, take my value system on a silver platter. Would you like fries with that? Only perpetuates the problem, even if done with the best of intentions. Caveat. Active intervention in someone's life can be necessary if that person has become a danger to themselves or others. And when I say danger, I mean actual danger. They're overdosing or becoming erratic and violent and having hallucinations that they're living with Charlie and Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. How can you help people? So, if you can't force someone to change, if intervening in their life in such a way as to remove the responsibility for their own choices ultimately backfires, what can you do? How do you help people? Number 1. Lead by example Anyone who has ever made a major change in their life has noticed that it has a ripple effect on their relationships. You stop drinking and partying, and suddenly your drinking friends feel like you're ignoring them or are too good for them. But sometimes, just sometimes, maybe one of those party friends thinks to themselves, yeah, I should probably cut back too. And they get off the party boat with you. They make the same change you did. And it's not because you intervened and were like, dude, stop getting blackout drunk on a Tuesday. It's simply because you stopped blacking out. And that became inspiring to others. Number two, instead of giving someone answers, give them better questions. Once you recognize that forcing your own answers on somebody sabotages the benefits of those answers, the only option left is to help the person ask better questions. Instead of saying, You should fight for a raise, you could say, Do you believe you're paid fairly? Instead of saying, You need to stop tolerating your sister's nonsense, you could say, Do you feel responsible for your sister's nonsense? Instead of saying, Stop pooping your pants, it's disgusting, you could say, Have you ever considered a toilet? Here, may I show you how to use it? Giving people questions is hard. It requires patience and thought and care. But that's probably why it's so useful. When you pay a therapist, you're essentially just paying for better questions. And this is why some people find therapy to be useless, because they thought they were signing up for answers to their problems, but all they got was more questions. Number 3. Offer help unconditionally This isn't to say you can never give people answers, but those answers must be sought by the person themselves. There is a world of difference between me saying, hey, I know what's best for you, and you coming to me and saying, what do you think is best for me? One respects your autonomy and self-determination, the other does not. Therefore, often the best thing you can do is simply make it known that you are available if a person needs you. It's the classic Hey, I know you're going through a hard time right now. If you ever want to talk, let me know. But it can also be more specific. A few years ago, a friend of mine was going through some stuff with his parents. Instead of giving him advice or telling him what he should do, I simply told him about some of the problems I had with my parents in the past that I believed were similar. The goal wasn't to force my friend to take my advice or do what I did or even to care about what happened to me. That was all up to him. I was simply making an offering putting something out there. And if it was useful to him in any way, he could use it. If not, that's fine too. Because when done that way, our stories carry value outside of ourselves. It's not me giving him advice. It's my experience lending perspective to his experience. And his right to choose and take responsibility for his experience is never impeded, never encroached, always honored. Because ultimately, we are each only capable of changing ourselves. Sure, Timmy may have a sweet job and one less PlayStation, but until his self-definition changes, until his feelings about himself and his life shift, he's the same old Timmy, except now with a much more frustrated mother. You just listened to part two of the post titled, No, You Can't Make a Person Change, by Mark Manson And that brings us to the end of this post from Mark. It's been a great couple of episodes covering really important subject matter in relationships. This type of content is really important to stick with because of how incredibly addictive it can be to try to mold people, especially our loved ones. We believe so much in who they could be that we try to take charge for them. This has been a recurring theme on ORD lately, and it really can't be overstated. And it should also be said that these alternative, effective means of helping that Mark finished with are not only best interpersonally, but also on a worldly scale. Many of us right now feel called to change the world for the better and upend entire systems and and what have you. And this desire is great. But again, force and shame only perpetuates the problems that you feel are present. Rather than trying to flip the world by yourself, just as you would with individuals you love, work on setting a good example. Work on helping those in need, even if they're different from you or are in opposition to you. We're often tempted to take a lot more of a bullish role for people and causes that we care about, but that tends to yield poorer results. Work on Mark's suggestions here on big and small scales, I promise. All right, that'll do it, folks. It's time to get out of here, but I'm really grateful you joined me today for the back half of this post, and tomorrow I'll be bringing you content from yet another new author, and some of their guidance on how to approach jealousy in open relationships. I'll talk to you then, where your optimal life awaits.